conference this semester we have been privileged to reflect on the theme of servant leadership. So far we have heard the call to be a servant, the work of a servant, and we also have been given practical advice for being a servant. So this morning we want to continue that theme and I want to meditate with you with the help of the Lord and reflect with you on another aspect of being a servant. And this is dying to yourself, bearing fruit. To be a servant, as the Lord has called us, is dying to yourself, bearing fruit. As is seen in the passage that we have read together, the Gospel according to John, chapter 12, the verses 20 to 26, where Christ speaks of himself, but in doing that, he speaks about us, you and me. In particular, verse 24, where we read, Very, very, I say to you, in the original, in the original was Amen, Amen, so it is a statement of truth what follows. I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Words, Christ's words, that speaks of death and love, or and dying and loving. And therefore let us consider these words, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. I have three brief observations related to this, to these text words. In the first place, a simple question, which is kind of the context of the text. In the second place, a surprising answer, try to grasp the meaning of the content of our text word. And in the third place, how Christ word should and ought to transform us. And I will conclude with some practical implications, not applications, but implications. So a simple question, a surprising answer, and how Christ's word ought to transform us. The simple question for us this morning from the word of God is this. We wish to see Jesus, as we see in verse 21. That is what the Greeks at the Passover feast asked Philip. And Philip went to and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip, they went and told Jesus. Now, I'm not a New Testament scholar, but I remembered there was a considerable discussion among scholars, New Testament scholars, as to just who these Greeks are, and particularly in the Gospel of John. It may not only represent the whole world, as they stand in contrast to the Pharisees, who are exasperated by Jesus' growing influence, or that it means that it points out that Jesus is not only a king of the Jews, but also a king, the king of Israel, but also a king of the Greeks, the Gentiles, the rest of the world, or that they have come from the Greek city as near as they near Decapolis, Bethsaida in Galilee, or that they are God-fearing Greeks, as is intimated by the words of John that they went up to worship at the feast. Now, whatever the case is, the, their question, we desire, we wish to see Jesus, we want to be in his presence, 
is that your and my question. Is that now what brings you here at Purity Reformed? We wish to see Jesus. Not the scholarships, practically as it may be, but your call to ministry, your desire to be equipped for ministry is marked by the question we would, we wish to see Jesus. What gets you? For us also as staff and faculty in the business of our life, family life, the semester stress, or maybe times of loneliness, or the challenges and cares and concerns that you have brought in to chapel this morning, maybe there are sorrows or shadows in your life. What gets you now in the classroom? When you study and study and study, is it now really this? We desire to see Jesus, meeting him. When you open your Bible in the morning, you be in prayer, meditate on his word, preparing a sermon for practice, uh, practice preaching, is it this, to be in his presence, reorienting your life to him. We wish to see Jesus. Friends, at the close of this semester, how are we doing? When was it the last time that you asked yourself this question? If you desire to be a Christ-like servant. It is a simple and yet it's a profound question. We wish to see Jesus. But we have also in the second place a surprising answer. And Jesus answered them starting in verse 23. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And which end then in verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And surprising answer. Not so much by Christ saying, unless, unless, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth, as these Greeks may have been familiar with the Greek Eleusian cult where the desire for rebirth was expressed in the symbol of the cult, grain. And the high point of the celebration was that an ear of grain was cut in silence, which represented the force of new life. But the surprise of the answer lies herein, that Christ is speaking about himself. A truth, an unexpected truth of himself, and self-revelation. This truth, the way to glory, is through death. Do you want to see that? I, says Christ, Christ as it were, I will indeed bear much fruit, indicating you can be saved, the Greeks will be saved, and all who believe in me shall be saved. But this is what I want you to see. See me dying. See me bearing fruit. Is that what you want to see? It is just before Christ's crucifixion in this passage that Christ set his sight on the cross, which helps us to understand and grasp this reality, why it is so important that he died. A death as a means of his love for sinners, for a people like you and me. 
in his love he left a place of glory. Who as the apostle reminds us in Philippians, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. He was born in our likeness, the apostle continues, he humbled himself. Isaiah reminds us, peace for our transgressions, crushed for your iniquities. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And in dying on the cross, and I have said it before, in his obedience to his father, in his passive obedience, you remember from systematic theology, Christ took the penalty that you and I deserved. He died the death that you and I should have died. Is that now a reality in your life? May you wish to see Jesus in his act of obedience, meaning Christ lived the life that you and I should have lived. Is that a reality in your life? Have you now something experience of Christ's death, of his dying? For such a one as you are. As a 17th century reformed text for the administration of communion, the Lord's Supper so fitly states, where he was bound that we might be freed from our sins. Where he suffered innumerable reproaches that we might never be confounded and confused. Where he was innocently condemned to death, that we might be acquitted at the judgment seat of God. Friends, is that now an experience in your life? That he has taken upon himself the curse due to us. Have you seen that? That he might fill us with his blessings. Times that you begin to understand that he cried out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So that we, so says the former, might be accepted of God and never be forsaken of him. Christ dying on the cross, dying as a grain of wheat. And that for such van as we are. Christ dying on the cross, dying as a grain of wheat, it declares how dire our condition is apart from Jesus. It tells us, it shows how deep sin goes, how profound your, my rebellion is. How impossible our predicament is apart from help from the outside. There's nothing that we can do, no effort we can exert. As one commentator once uh, wrote, the cross says you are more sinful than you ever imagined. But also, and that is also the gospel this morning, the cross says also you are more loved than you ever could dream. Jonathan Edwards wrote on this text, Christ's sorrows abounded, but his love did much more abound. Christ's soul was overwhelmed with the loot of of, uh, grief, but this was a flood of love to sinners in his heart, sufficient to overflow the world and overwhelm the highest mountain of sin. 
Christ's blood that fell down on the ground was a manifestation of an ocean of love in Christ's heart. Friends, when we are coming to the close of the semester, and it can be very busy, assignments, papers, but do you still to wish to see Jesus dying, having died for such one as you are, in his love for you and me, abound. His love sufficient for the highest mountain of sin in your and my life. His love is an ocean of love for a people who are called to ministry. In Christ on the cross, we are receiving peace and pardon and love and delight. And then seeing such a love of a dying Savior, seeing his death for sinners for, his, for you and me, in the light of his sacrificial, sacrificial living and dying. And in this way to bear fruit, the salvation of his people. And in light of him, the ultimate servant, suffering servant, but also your risen Savior, who continues to serve at the right hand of the Father and intercedes and prays for each of his children, even now, ought that not to transform you. And that brings me to my third observation. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Because Christ speaks about himself, he also speaks about us. Christ says, as it were, my dying for your salvation is also my design for your imitation. The imitatio Christi. My dying for your salvation is my design for your imitation. And the text says, it, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he, see, must follow me. Where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. Is that what marks you as a servant? If anyone serves me, he or she must follow me. That first, called to ministry, called to serve, you must follow him where he is. And there you will be also. Th that also means thus, where he is not, at the places of distraction from true godliness, and you know best for yourself those places where Christ is not, cannot be, there you will also not be. But to meet Christ in his word. Going back to our text words, saving the life and losing the life are, are figures of speech. And, and the, the context is clear. That losing one's life means denying yourself, taking up your cross, following Jesus in a path of suffering. 
Loving life by losing it. Een, een life of self-denial. Een, een life of sacrificial serving. Een life of following him. Having your identity in him. Dus dat. Will that mark your ministry as a ministry of the gospel? Does that, will that mark you when you counsel someone who is entrusted to you? Is that how we are known at Purity Reformed? Dying to self, serving him and serving one another. Christ says, follow me. That is die to yourself. Yes, also as a student in the ministry, as a pastor, as a counselor, dying to yourself as a means of love. Yes, by grace you may know as a Christian you have already died with Christ. But the Lord calls you to die daily to yourself. Serve me, says Christ. Who did not come to be served, but to serve. As Christ emptied himself by the taking the form of a student, supremely loved by his father, and he left heaven for earth to bring a people as we are, by grace from earth to heaven to himself. Friends, are we truly servants? To know this radical call of the gospel, but to be served by Jesus as we serve others. And if we do, we show Christ to the world, bearing fruit. And do we see as servants, dying to ourselves in the people that we meet? That can be a homeless one, maybe a single struggling divorced man or woman, can be a deformed person, maybe someone with hurt or pain in their life, maybe white, black, yellow, whatever skin color, maybe a lesbian or a gay, do we see one created in God's image, not any better than you and me, but in need of salvation, in need of Christ, the Savior, as we need it as well. But remember, friends, Christ in always this is not just a model, an example to be imitated, but he is your Savior. Your substitute. Lay then aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And you know what I'm talking about. So easily beset us. And let us run in patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the altar and finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Friends, to whom else shall you then go? with your sins and shortcomings of not being the servant as you ought to be, as students, as staff, for us as faculty. Maybe with the challenges and cares and concerns that you face in your life. Where shall you go dealing with criticism and failures in ministry? Do you still scramble for reputation or approval? Or significance or importance? Or is it this that marks you? Dying to yourself. But we want to see Jesus. Looking at the cross of Christ who invites also this morning with outstretched arms. Looking to him and don't look who we are in ourselves, but who you are by grace, who you are in him. As Christ this servant looks at you. 
yes, as a servant, a suffering and a dying and a risen, but also an interceding Christ, a willing, an able, a loving Savior. This servant sees you, even now in the business of your life, and invites also at the close of this semester, come to me, all who are laboring and heavy labor, and I will give you rest. And rest for your soul. And he sees you this morning, maybe in times of loneliness, which can also be in times in ministry. And he offers to you, there is place by me, who promises, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And when you deal with the sorrows and shadows of life, he humbled himself, he lowered himself to meet where you are, even right now, to bear your griefs, so Isaiah wrote, to carry your sorrows. Then it is Christ, this suffering servant from the cross, and he sees your challenges, and your cares and concerns of your life, and he invites this morning, cast it on me, your anxieties, your worries, your cares on him, and experience, and experience again or for the first time, because he cares for each of his children. And friends, when you begin to see that, that are the times that you begin to survey this wondrous cross. It should that not give you to pause, but also to praise, forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And therefore, let me conclude with some practical implications. Implications for you and me to be a servant, a Christ-like servant. At first, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Are you dying to yourself? It can be difficult. In fact, our text, word, text words point to four difficulties. And yes, they can be part of ministry, preparing for ministry, becoming a servant. And first, verse 24, the grain of wheat must die. Unless the grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, that is difficult. Dying to self is not easy. To deny yourself. And to take up your cross. Then second, verse 25, Jesus calls to hate our lives in this world. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world. Hate in the original, love less your life. Loving your life less for, for his sake. Can be difficult. Be honest this morning. Third, verse 26a, Jesus calls us to follow him. On his Calvary road, leading to death. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. It can be difficult. At times, when the Lord calls you to places you rather don't want to be. And finally, verse 26b, he calls to serve him. If anyone serves me. This kind of taking the role of a waiter at the table and doing his bidding. No matter the demand or how lowly the status. And for some of us, that can be difficult. Are you dying to yourself? 
I think it was Martin Luther who once wrote that three things makes a theologian, three things that makes one for ministry a servant. Oratio, meditatio, and tentatio. Prayer, meditation, and the trials in life. The difficulties in life. The crosses in life. But when by grace you die to yourself, difficult as it may be at times as a servant, see then also the glorious outcome. Uh, our text shows us, in fact, also four outcomes. First 20, chapter, uh, verse 24, yes, the seed must die, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Your dying to yourself, friends, is not in vain by grace. It is significant. It bears fruit. And, and it may be at times that you have to take, take a step back and see the Lord at work and see the fruit of your work and then to begin to see that it is the Lord's work who only can give the increase. Remember, eh? here in my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Second, verse 25, yes, if we love our life, we will lose it. And yes, we must hate our life for this world. But why? What will the outcome be? That we may keep it to eternal life. What we lay down for Christ's sake, he will put in our hands again in glory. And it is hard to take sometimes to take the role as a servant in this world of power. Humbling as it may be. But it is also testimony of his glorious grace, grace in this world. With this outcome, by that same grace, eternal life. And third, as an outcome. Yes, we must follow him to Calvary. But, but with what outcome? And where I am, there my servant shall be. And, and Jesus uses the same word in another time in John 14, verse 3, and he meant heaven. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Is that the perspective as a servant in ministry? This perspective, we are on the way to heaven, where he has prepared a place for you. And if we follow him at, to the cross at Calvary, we will be with him. That is the comfort for each of his children. We will be with him in glory. Dus wat de apostel in Romans reminds us, if we are children, then heirs. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. For I reckon that the sufferings, the trials, the testings in ministry, of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. Do you still long for that, friends? Or are we living for the here and now? And finally, verse 26b. Yes, we must become his servant, but what does the Father do to his servants? If anyone serves me, the Father wil onder hem. Undeserved. Maar voor Christ's De Vader wil onder hem. Order.
And lastly, in becoming more and more a servant, we wish to see Jesus. Friends, at the close of this semester, remind yourself often. Pray daily. Don't lose sight of him, whom your soul loves, because he loved you first. When you prepare your final exams, when you write your final paper, pause for a moment. Read scripture, pray scripture, meditate scripture in a manner worthy of your calling. With the desire and the longing, we wish to see Jesus. And when you have been in his presence and see who he is again, And again, for such one as you are, you can serve, dying to yourself, but also bearing fruit. And people will notice, he or she has been with Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, will bless your word to our hearts, that it truly may bear fruit in our life. And that we often have communion with you, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we lift up the entire seminary community to your fatherly care. Also in these last weeks, give us the strength, holding grace to finish the semester well, but also that we have the times that we have seen Jesus And so that we can die to ourselves, and in this way, for Christ's sake, bear fruit in our life to the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in whose name we pray. Amen.